Powered by Rev Media in partnership with TSN, it is season five, and this Ray is episode eleven of the Rain Drinks Hockey Podcast. Presented by our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey. We're introducing the first release of the Canadian Club Invitation Series. So it's a CC 15-year-old sherry cast. Sounds delicious. It's signature CC classic 12-year-old whiskey finished with a secondary aging in the the Oloroso sherry cast. All the hallmarks (laughs) of classic Canadian club with the added richness and sweetness of sherry. And there you are, Ray Ferraro. Happy Halloween. Spending yeah. it, uh, spending it in Toronto. Uh, so ESPN has the Leafs and the Los Angeles Kings tonight. Uh, we have that cool. game as well. So uh, covered North America wide. Are you a Halloween sort of guy? Like your kids are are older now. I don't know. Right? Do, do they still participate or not? So uh, kind of the yeah. kind of sort of. You know, I th- they're yeah. they're in it strictly for the goods at this point. <laughs> and. Uh, and so I, are you, by the way, because I'm sure yeah, you pilfer when they get back, right? I, I do like, uh, I have been known to eat a coffee crisp or a Kit Kat by, by the dozen. Um, it's funny though, like, you know, like go out with the grandkids and stuff, but I, I love seeing how, I think it's almost the best holiday because okay. there's nothing other, there's no, nothing major connected to it. It's just, yeah. the kids are so excited. They're, they're just like pilfering whatever they can get more candy in their bag. And the parents are walking around with a, a coffee cup at seven at night. Jeez. Yeah. You know, enjoying their, their, sure they are. their sippage coffee. back there. Yeah. And it's uh, I don't know. I just, I really like it. I, I remember yeah. it as a kid and I must've gone as a hockey player 12 years in a row. Like we had four boys and there was <laughs> no time for costume shopping. No. My mom would go, Raymond, just, Put on your helmet and your. You're a hockey pads. player this year, <laughs> then, so that's what uh, I go at. Yeah. How about you? You like it? I I do like it. Unfortunately, Holly's away. She's visiting Katie in Thunder Bay. So and and we have a game tonight. So I'm normally the guy that does all the shelling, right? Like yeah. I, and and Tiny doesn't like the doorbell ringing, and it turns into chaos here. Um, but I've noticed this. So this will be our third Halloween in the house that we're in now. First Halloween was during COVID. It was during lockdown. Yep. So I got a bit crafty. I opened up the middle bay of our garage, right? It's heated and sure. all that stuff. Kind of nice. And I put a big uh, you know, plastic table in, on the driveway. And Holly got, let me think about this. I think 100 full-size Kit Kats, Ooh. 100 full-size caramel bars, arrow bars, like four or five different varieties. Mm. Oh, Raymond, like I counted. So, you know, you can, okay, make a slash, make a slash, make a slash, make a slash, slash cross. There's five kids that showed up. We had 122 kids. The word gets year. out, doesn't it? Oh, full-size chocolate bars, man. <laughs> yeah. They're all over it. And then didn't do that the following year. Not Ooh. doing it. This, and, and so I need your quick opinion. We'll move on to the Tim Hortons headline. So no one's going to be at the house when the kids start coming to visit right yep. so i have no choice but to leave a table out on the front step now right. i've written a sign happy halloween help yourself but please you know leave a few treats for yeah. the others is this put is that all I you can do that's all you can do yeah one okay. each of you take one leave them for the kids behind you yeah stuff like that now if you could choose one of those candy bars <laughs> what are you taking ah uh, the caramel bar for sure oh yeah. good between yeah. that and a Kit Kat. Oh, Kit Kat. Kit Kat's yeah. a gold medal standard. 
Yeah. See, I still think every time I have a caramel bar, I think of that commercial. How do they get it in there? Oh. You know, that's the that's the age-old mystery. So It really is. I'd like to know. <laughs> it's exciting time. So who's yep. who's doing all of the uh, handing out while you're away? Well, Cam's actually, cammy has uh, got a game tonight. Canucks yeah. are at home to Nashville. Uh, kids will be out doing whatever they're doing. So uh, Landon will be on uh, candy oh. duty. Oh, good for him. He'll and he'll that. be, uh, I'm a little concerned he's going to run out of candy early. He's a softie. So he's going to be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> And he's got big mitts too, right? Like, yeah, it's drop just full handfuls. Oh, here you go. Oh, that kid's cute. He'll get a couple more, you know. Uh, there you go. Hey, happy Halloween, everybody. Have a safe one as we record yep. this. On Monday morning, A Canada, Tim's NHL trading cards are back with the all-new set. So get ready to unpack the thrills for your favorite hockey stars. Grab them before they're gone. I'm I'm slowly collecting these things, Ray, because they are available now, and they're not going to last forever. Got the nifty um, case for the cards. Yeah, how about the the checklist and things? Wouldn't you have loved that as a kid? Okay, so here's the issue. So Holly is looking at this thing, and she's like, I mean, she just gets obsessed with these things. So she's like, well, we have to get every one of them, and we have to do it. (laughs) as much as we can in order. I'm like, well, how do you know? Like you're just, you're, you're buying these things at Tim Hortons, but you don't know, like, what are we going to buy? Like set? And she goes, well, you have Tim Hortons contacts. They must be able to. (laughs) No, but but see, there's the, there's the whole part of the game is once you get your duplicates, you trade it with your boss. Oh, I love doing that stuff. So here's the other part of the, of the debate. She wants to open them all. And I'm like, no, that the, the fun is in opening them, not filling out all the slots. I mean, of course, in time you want to do that. But yeah. I'm like, if if we're passing it on, which we probably will to Mason or, you know, she, she works for Barnes Funeral Home. They've got some some grandkids. Anyway, those kids are going to want to enjoy the fun yeah, sure. of opening the pack. So there we go. So <laughs> only available at Tim's, Ray, for a short period of time. Here are the headlines. And let's start with a big and ugly hit last night. Hey, Charlie McAvoy of the Boston Bruins gets the match penalty for the hit to the head on Oliver Ekman Larson. Not sure what Charlie was thinking about there, right? I mean, he, right. he came from a distance, the shoulder was up, and he drove the shoulder up into the head of Oliver Ekman Larson, who clearly was unsuspecting, right? I, yeah. I always wonder about players and, and where they're at on the ice and whether you're vulnerable if you expect to get hit. In right. that position. And I know that's the case normally close to the boards. In front of the net, looking forward, ah, does it meet the criteria for blindside? Is, I mean, it, it, it appears, it looks suspendable to me. How many games? I don't know. We'll guess on that, I guess. I, I, I don't know what his defense possibly could be. And yeah. the when I look at a play like that, it always strikes me when it is a player like McAvoy, because that's not really in character no. for him. Um, and so, I, I mean, I think it's every bit as bad as the Rasmus Anderson hit on Patrick Line, and that was four games. Um, mm-hmm. Line, or uh, I'm sorry, Anderson doesn't, to my knowledge, didn't have any real history prior. Um, yeah, it, it, it I, I don't, it's got to be four or five, it's like it's significant. Um, yeah, I would say, and yeah. Here's the other part is, so not only is Ekman Larson in front of the net, he's in front of his own net. Yeah. Like, why would you get hit? 
yeah. as far as defending yourself, right? Yeah. And and so, yeah, this I don't I don't know what defense they can possibly muster here. I, you know, um, this is suspend and this is suspendable for sure. The Bruins play Thursday against Toronto. Yeah. And so most certainly McAvoy won't be there. Um, uh, you know, Matt well, Greslick is. About, yeah, I was going to say Greslick is, you know, he appears to be hurt. And I think they said yeah. he's going to be a while. So, so all sudden, now all of a sudden you've got, well, now you've got two blue lines that are yeah. kind of hang together by a thread. But that's for Thursday. As for McAvoy, I, I, I think by the time we do our next podcast, Regs, we'll be talking about the length of his suspension. <laughs> I, I think you're on it, though, right? I mean, I had somebody this morning say three games seems right, and I, I threw the same thing back. I said, I don't know, man. Like, Rasmus Anderson got four. McAvoy's been suspended before a while ago, but he was suspended for a game. So I, I think they whack him, and rightfully so. Um, real tough weekend in the hockey world, right? 29-year-old Adam Johnson died on Saturday mm-hmm. after being cut by a skate blade in a elite ice hockey league game. He played for the Nottingham Panthers. Such a tragedy. Um, but I guess what comes out of something like this, and it does feel for me too soon and maybe a little <clears throat> insensitive to talk about, well, we, we've got to consider mandatory equipment here, right? I, I understand that. That's kind of what we do. I mean, Evander mm-hmm. Kane you know, has his wrist cut last year and, you know, within a day or two, we're talking about, well, the NHL should adopt the, the, the sleeve coverage, right? It should be mandatory. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where we want to go with this or, or what your response is, but, and look, the NHL will have these conversations with their feeder systems, including the American league where a neck guard would be mandatory because it is in most leagues, major junior, etc. So is that the takeaway from this? I mean, aside from the tragic loss, is how do we prevent it from happening again? Well, I I think it, you know, it, it kind of has to be. I you know, reading many stories over the weekend, sounded you know, I never met Adam, but it sounded like he was just a, an amazing kid. Yeah, and everybody that came across him talked about him really in the very mm. same way, which I found really interesting and. Um, just you know i mean 29 years old he's just you know just getting started really yeah um just just a terrible terrible story i mean the the play itself i mean i don't even know what to make of it you know like it's just a brutal terrible i don't don't even know what to make of it i don't i I know i I don't even know what to make of it Um, i watched it once that was enough i don't need to i don't need to see yeah i i just um yeah I, I honestly, I just don't know what to make of yeah. it. And so that gets you to the point of looking forward, I guess. Um, y- you know, we had this debate, I don't know, 20 years ago about visors. Yeah. And I always wore a visor. I was small and, you know, I got, I got cut around my eyes a couple of times in junior, like my forehead. I think I told this story. Wendell Clark hit me like a freight train and split my head wide open and and I couldn't get my helmet on. So I put this visor contraption on. And then first game I took it off. I got a stick right above my eye. I put a visor on when I was 19 and never took it off. And it was not, I I was one of very few at the time uh, wearing it. And I I wasn't, you know, 
you know, you, you took some, some chirps and things about it. And, but I just, you know, for me, it was like, it was the right thing to do. I, I don't know why when we played, people didn't get cut with skates as much as they do now. Like, I don't, I don't know why. I mean, are skates sharper? I, I guess perhaps is the speed yeah. of the game quicker? Certainly. Um, uh, so why would you leave yourself unprotected on the heels of this terrible incident? And so yeah. in the, in the very least there are, it's not even about whether it looks cool or not anymore. The, um, the material that can be manufactured, uh, one of the complaints always is it's too hot, Yeah, but that can be manufactured in a different way now. Yeah. I don't know why guys wear short cuffs on their gloves. I know they say they can move better. Wayne Gretzky wore shoe boxes on his arms and scored 900 goals. Like, yeah. right? Like, I, I don't understand where the mindset of the current player, because it's different than me at my age. Yeah. I, I think completely different than the player that's in the game. But mm -hmm. I, I sure hope that this is a step about let. You know, what, what can we discuss? What can be mandated? What should be mandated? Because here we are 20 years on, and does anybody care that the players wear visors? No, no. They don't. I mean, how many, no. how many don't in the league now, Dregs? Is there, is there 20, you know, that were grandfathered? Wouldn't be in? many. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, did you wear a neck guard? No. At any point? Never. No. And, and now I'm like, geez, I wonder, well, I wonder why I didn't. I, I don't think anybody even wore them then. Right. Hell, there was goalies not wearing anything. I know. And you're like, I, well, I remember when they started wearing that clear plastic thing tied to the bottom of their mask. Yeah. And guys, like, was, that post, that guy. was that post Clint Malarchuk or was that? I think it was post. Yeah. And, you know, guys were like, oh, look at that thing. And pretty soon you were like, yeah, I wonder why they never wore it before. Yeah. But I don't know, you get, you, this is just what you always wear. You don't think of it much deeper. Maybe this, or hopefully this guys will think of it much deeper, much more deeply. And, and, and maybe look at what, what can be done, what can be manufactured. I know there's a few companies that do it and how can we make the game as safe as we can? And that's what this is all about. That That's what this is all about. So it's something undoubtedly we'll continue to follow and, uh, Certainly our just condolences, condolences to the Johnson oh, family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As, much, as much as we can possibly send. Joe Thornton announces his retirement, Ray, in a way that really only Jumbo can do it, right? Like He's shirtless on social media. You know, what a character. 1,714 games. 1,714 games. Yeah. What, 430 goals uh, surpassed you. Eh, not that long ago, but a while ago. Yeah. 1,109 assists, so that's 1,539 points. 1,272 penalty minutes. So when you think back at the career of Joe Thornton, what do you think of? Uh, two things. Um, his amazing passing ability. Yeah. He, you know, he's such a big guy. He'd shield the puck, and he'd make a, an amazing pass most times. He was just such a great passer. And two will be his laugh. Now, when when Joe would laugh, like the entire room would stop. And I'll I'm going to tell you this quick story. So, yeah, um, he's playing for San Jose, 
they're up three nothing in this series. And uh, I was doing the game. It was in LA. So after the game got, you know, they would have pizza in the locker room. Okay. So like the guys could get some quick carbs in before they went to eat. Sure. And so I went in to go say, say hi to Danny Heatley, who, you know, I played with in Atlanta and Danny was playing in San Jose. So I go in and Jumbo's wearing a towel only eating a piece of pizza, right? Like you get nothing else. And it's not, I mean, he's in the locker room. What difference does it make? So I walk in, I go, I see Danny, I'm walking over and he goes, chicken barm. And he starts to laugh and it's this huge laugh, right? And so I go, Hey Joe, how's it going? He's like, Hey, now this, remember, this is like 10 minutes after a game. And he goes, who's the best player he ever played with? I was like, so good. I don't know. Like, how could that have even come into his head at that point? And so I was like, well, you know, Brian Leach or Alex Kovalev or, you know, we were talking and, and then he's like, all right. He's like, you're here to see Heater? And I was like, yep. <laughs> so I, went, I don't know. It just cracked me up. Everything about him just made me kind of laugh. That beard. Yeah. Is, remember when he Legendary. shaved it off? Yeah. Remember when he shaved it off though? Like he was in San Jose. So I go back and he's uh, doing a game and now he started to grow it back. And I go, oh, you're bringing the beard back. He goes, I'm 35 years old. I can grow a beard if I want. And I'm like, yes, you can. <laughs> I'd like to know how his hockey brain works. Um, because, I, I mean, he, he's entrenched now in San Jose. You know, his family is set up there. You know, you'll see on socials every once in a while, he's cutting grass. He's doing all these things. Right. Um, I I mean, I got to believe that Mike Greer, the general manager of the Sharks, is bringing him into the mix, right? And But I, that's what I'd like to know. How Joe watches the game and how he thinks the game. Okay, my guess is going to be Joe's watch is all about space. Yeah. On the ice because he was never very fast. No. And it would always be like, how do you get to the open spot on the ice? I, I think that's what somebody like him would see. Yeah. Because man, he was he was good. Like what all of a sudden he'd have it, guys would he'd stick his big ass out and protect the puck and then just throw like a pass somewhere and you'd be like, Oh, look at that, it's wide open. Yeah. You know, like he, he was a I mean, Hall of Fame player. Uh look forward to his speech one day, I think. I think so. it'll be somewhat entertaining. I hope he has a shirt on. Or not. That'd be even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> Quick to a Thornton story on my side. First big trade I ever broke. And I was terrified. The trade from the Bruins to, to San Jose. You know, Marco Sturm, Wayne Primo. I'm trying to think of who else was involved in that. Uh, Brad Stewart? Yes. So anyway. were you worried when the, when, the, when the trade came over? You must have been worried... Oh, there must be another player in the deal. No, I like so. This was pre-social media, and you know I'm working at Sportsnet, and I'm you know maybe dabbling in the news-breaking field, dabbling. I mean, Bobby Mack, Bob McKenzie was the pioneer, the best, right? Mm -hmm. And this is again pre-social media, so I get the tip out of San Jose that this is going down, and. I mean, it was a slam dunk, and I'm like, oh my god, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? <laughs> and I'm like, all right, well. You know, you're going to be a newsbreaker. No uh, better time than to start now with a massive right. blockbuster. So I lobbed this out on on the internet, and like I got to think it was two three hours before it was announced. Oh boy! And I was 
like I, I like I was pale, I was sweating. I was I thought I screwed this up and my days of being an insider are over, but in the end it uh, it all worked out. Uh Heritage Classic, how much of that did you catch on Sunday? Uh first half. Yeah. First half and then we yeah. had a dinner to go to and um two things. The Oilers <clears throat> certainly looked better. Yeah. Uh, I thought Evander Kane was really good. Um Oh my God, Calgary looks like they're lugging around bowling balls. They they just they looked slow and yeah. disjointed and disconnected yeah. and like it just didn't look very good. Yeah, I, like I'm going to do something on insider trading on the Calgary Flames. What direction do they go? Do they sell off these assets? You know, like Noah Hannafin. Yeah, they, they, they they've had negotiations on a contract extension. Um, hard to go but when through you a think rebuild, about right. Yeah, but when you think about selling off assets, there's only a few of them. I mean, they just re-signed Backland. Yeah, yeah, Lindholm, Huberto, Hannafin, you know. Yeah, but Huberto and Kadri are signed for long periods of time. Yeah. It's it's Lindholm and Hannafin, yeah. really, that are the guys you're talking about. And if, if, you, if you want to try and retool, you can probably do pretty well, in particular with, with Lindholm. Yeah. I, I think he's got... He's got enormous value around the league. And Hannafin is, uh, you know, a, a lock top three, four guy in your lineup. Yeah. Like you just drop him in and you don't have to worry about that position. And so he would, I mean, those would be big deals and a complete uh, mindset shift for Craig Conroy. But something has to change because it just looked stale. All of yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not one game, too. We're talking about, no. you know, you look through their lineup and Kadri's got one goal. I think Huberto's got two. Uh, they've got one line that has yeah. been any good for them. And, um, yeah, they got some issues right now. So I had a conversation with somebody who knows this, this club very, very well. And, you know, these are good players, good men. Like Jonathan Huberto, is, he's a good dude. He is. Mm -hmm. But I think what we're seeing is he is a support player, right? That's what he is. You know, Kadri, you know, he's a real good hockey player. He's, he's got that grit when he's on his game. But, like, could they be when – we, when we talk about personality and whether that matters, it, it almost feels like they're lacking somebody to drag them into the battle, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like every night. Like they're a collection of pieces, but they don't seem to have any sort of – I don't want to say leadership because Backlund and company, they've got good leaders there. But does that make any yeah. sense to you? It's just there's a lot of pieces, but, you know, they just – dysfunctional isn't the word I want, but they just seem – they seem a bit disinterested, if that's even fair. Yeah, no, I, I would say that is fair. Um, disconnected to, the, to what they have to do to win, I okay. think is how yeah. I would say it. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing is uh, I think it's paramount – that each team would be able to identify what they are. And, and I think Calgary would have a tough yeah. time identifying themselves right now. And so if I'm sitting with Craig Conroy, um, my view would be like, let's identify what we want to be. Yeah. And just because you have to start from that. Right. You can't be everything. So let's no. be what, what can we be? And without totally blowing this thing up, which pieces are the right pieces to keep? Mm -hmm. 
and then more work from there. Well, and I'm reminded of the conversation I had last week <clears throat> with Mark Chipman of the Winnipeg Jets, who said he did his research and talked to other owners and, and management who had to embrace the rebuild and how so, long it takes, how costly it is. You know, the fact that you need your market to be incredibly patient, hard to do in a Canadian market. The Canadians are doing it right now, I would say fairly successfully. You know, Montreal normally is a, is a competitive team. With Kadri, Huberto, and Markstrom under contract like that, it's not your traditional rebuild. Probably not, unless you're moving. No, so Drake, so you're renovating, back. right? Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, for the last couple of years, the howls have gotten pretty loud in Vancouver about tear it down, do a rebuild. Well, unless you trade Hughes, Patterson, and Demko, you could never do that. Right. They're too good. Yeah. They're too, they're, they're, them alone make it impossible unless you move the ball. Yeah. And who the hell wants to do that? No. So if you talk to any general manager, they'll tell you seven to 10 years from, you know, from the time that you go, yes, we're starting because it, it also takes time to tear down. It does. Yeah. You can't just move everybody out. No. That's hard to do. And then once you tear it to the, like, how quick do people think Chicago is going to be really competitive? Yeah. They lost eight one last night. Yeah, like they're the, Connor Bedard's a you know is a terrific prospect. Uh, the three young defensemen are really nice prospects: uh, Vlasic, uh, Kaiser, Korchinski. Um, Lucas Reichel's a good young prospect. They've got some draft picks they've already used that are just outside the league. Man, how long does that all take? <laughs> It takes like, a long time. It takes a long time. And you've got to have the financial wherewithal and obvious support from ownership to do because that. Because it's really hard to go to your fans, isn't it, and say, we're going to be great in six years. Please yeah. come and support us today. Yeah, and, and look, Craig Conroy, and I'm not I'm not going to throw this at the feet of Brad Trilliving, but Brad would have had to uh, convince Murray Edwards and ownership of the Calgary Flames that it was money well spent to sign the big deals with Huberto and – and Nazim Kadri. That's not but, a renovation or rebuild. So Conroy no, but Drake's, we got You got to go back to that day. Yeah, and that is, you know, they they thought they had Goudreau, and then they didn't. And then they didn't. And then Kachuk wanted to go, and that's what you had. Yeah, and they made they made that trade. I think most people thought last summer, uh, Treliving did a a pretty nice job in an almost impossible spot. Agreed. And it just, to this point, has not worked. No. All right, those are your Tim Hortons headlines. Tim's NHL trading cards are back. Unpack the thrill. Score your favorite icons with an all-new set. Get yours before they're gone. Only at Tim's. Our interviews on Ray and Dregs this year brought to us by Canadian Club Whiskey. We're introducing the first release of the Canadian Club Invitation Series. you got to check it out. CC 15-year-old Sherry Cask. All the hallmarks of classic Canadian Club with the added richness and sweetness of Sherry. All right, Ask Ray and Driggs Anything. Send us your questions to us on Twitter or socials, Instagram, at Ray and Driggs or on the website, rayanddriggs.com. Um, I, I, I'm going to fire one at you that might get you... Not feisty, but you'll be going buzz off. Okay, that's that's okay. my prediction okay. to this. Okay. Um, apologies, James, because I'm pretty sure I'm going to screw up the last name here. 
I think it's James Housego or Hosego. Anyway, James, it is. If the morning skate is an hour or less, and normally it's less, uh, an average player rate gets 15 minutes per night of ice time. Why do these guys need game day naps? Given how few working people have the luxury of a mid-afternoon nap, it feels like the hockey world lacks self-awareness <laughs> based on how frequently, uh, frequently the nap comes into our conversation. Do you know why they take a nap, James? Because they can. And they like them. I take a nap on game day. I do nothing. <laughs> I, well, actually, I worked out this morning. I shouldn't say I do nothing. I work out most days and I do my prep and I go to the rink and I come back and I take a nap because I can <laughs> and because I like it. You're not so the standard working force though, Ray. No, but when I was working for my father uh, from 7 a.m. to 3.30 in the afternoon, yeah. piling 3,240 40-pound blocks a day, yes. I didn't have time for a nap, James, because if I did, the blocks would have fallen on my head. <laughs> so I didn't take a nap. <laughs> All You're right. right. You. And, and so that would be, you know, I mean, that. I, I guess he's asking, but he doesn't really want an answer. He just wants to point out that he thinks the hockey yeah. world's not self-aware. What should they do? Should they go, I, I don't know, should they paint houses in the in the afternoon? Just a thought. Yeah. <laughs> okay, here's a lengthy uh, question. Uh, Randine Rashog, by the way, sends me the submissions on a yes. yeah, pre-podcast, I mean, basically twice a week. We don't always get to them, but we do. And, and so she sends me one last night from Michael Soretsky on the Canada Cup. Now, you're going to have to pay attention to this. I'm not. Oh, boy. I loathe long questions. I loathe them, right? Just ask a question. Let, you know, then answer. Okay. Here we go with Michael. Since my first visit to Rideau Hall and seeing the Canada Cup, I thought it was a shame that it was no longer being awarded. However, how about an open schedule tournament? If the schedule is set up so that each Canadian team played one another at home and away by a certain point, then Team 1 gets a bye to make 82 games. They may play one of the U.S. teams. Then 2 plays 7, 3 plays 6, and 4 and 5. Uh, then the tournament continues until there is a winner. These games would count towards the 82-game regular season. It could mm -hmm. provide a little mid-season excitement. Other groups of teams could do something similar. Then he says, I know with arenas being event centers, this is a problem as teams wouldn't know who is playing where. But do you think it could work? Because it could bring the Canada Cup trophy back. Okay, so the NBA's got a mid-season tournament they're going to do this year. Yeah. I'm not so sure on the details of it. But in, in a sense, the idea comes from the Champions League and, um, and the Europa Cup in, in Europe for soccer, football. Yeah. And they're, they're midseason tournaments. Um, MLS had one that basically shuts down the league for a couple of weeks while they're, the teams are all playing uh, in these, in these midseason tournaments. I, I mean, I don't know what the feasibility of it would be. I think he, he's yeah. right. It would be really complicated, but yeah, I'm, I, I, I don't know. I mean, like it's never been done. I don't know what the framework would be. Yeah. It, it would be pretty cool if, if you could use the trophy again, 
you know, yeah. like it would, you know, like if there was a reason to have it, but yeah. I think it would be really difficult to, you know, to get, to get it all in a cohesive fashion with the number of games that teams have to travel around and play. Now, I, I want to say the NBA is all in one venue. Mm-hmm. You know, like if they come in, it's a single elimination. Uh, I know that I know it's a single elimination, and it's just a way to to jazz interest. And I, yeah, I I'll yeah. be really interested when that shows up to look at it and see what it looks like. Okay, final uh, question. Ask Rain Driggs anything. This one from Nilium Wielander. Oh, sure. <laughs> If the Anaheim Ducks get healthier, is there a chance, Ray, they stay in the wild card race? You know, Carlson looks like a player, um, bumps talent around to give the offense more depth, and I would agree with that. So when the Pacific seems so dysfunctional with the Alberta teams, if Anaheim can stay in the hunt until the all-star break and go from there, is there a chance? No. No, nah, I'm with you. Long shot at best. Uh, um, just not not yet. I I, I talked to a coach. And he was telling me that and I'm going to screw up his name. Uh, the young Russian defenseman, Minkikov, in yeah, in Anaheim. I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I screwing up his name. He said that guy can run an NHL power play now, hmm. like he's good. Wow. Um, I had a couple, uh, two different scouts tell me Leo Carlson is really good. Yeah, he's like, good. Yeah, like not just oh, he's going to be a good player, but he is really good. But you got an 18 and a 19 year old. Mm-hmm. They'll they'll bleed shots eventually here. Um, uh, it's a they've just they, I think they just went undefeated on that road trip, right? Yeah, and really awesome start for them and yeah. encouraging. And there'll be tough times ahead for them too. But it it is encouraging. I just I just don't think that they're you know realistically part of what the question says. And and yeah, and and nor do they. Of course, every team wants to contend for a playoff spot, even as a, a reno team or a rebuild team. But in the best interest of the Ducks, there needs to be a bit more growing pain here, right? And and adding, you know, to develop this team into what they will be, sure. could be down the path. All right, buddy, you're in Toronto. You're ready for the Kings and the Leafers tonight. Yep. Uh, and then where? You're uh, off, to, off to Boston. Yeah. Uh, for Leafs and Bruins on Thursday. Yeah. How about tonight? You know, we're talking about Joe Thornton, 1,500 games. Tonight is game 1301 for Ange Kopitar. Yeah. Like, man, what a career he's had. And so just, good. You know, and of course, all in one place and um, just, uh, you know, just a rock to build that team around. I think it was 2005, the Men's Worlds uh, in Austria. I was there covering the event. And I had to do a story on Kopitar because he was like the Slovenian Sidney Crosby. Remember that? Remember oh, that's yeah. how they they labeled this guy? He's a Slovenian Sidney Crosby. <laughs> Ridiculous. But. Just think he went number 11, I believe, in his yeah. draft year. And uh, nobody was really sure because he, he was from Slovenia, but he played in Sweden. And nobody yeah. was really quite yeah. sure what it was going to be. And here the Kings are 1,300 games later. And unreal another hall of famer how about uh and we'll get on with it here but how about quentin byfield um what an opportunity for that young dude right you know for the moment on the wing with kopitar and uh kempe um and and it looks like 
you know, if you again, we we often talk about development. We just talked about the the ducks and Ascaran dregs. Anything, oh, you're learning from one of the best, right? And and I would think, I would think that at some point in the not too distant future, they're looking at Byfield as their number one center. Are they not? Well, I maybe I I would say they're you know it's it's growth with him. Yeah. Like you know, where here's the thing, like. I bet you if you ask people how old Quinton Byfield is, they'd say 23. Yeah. He's still yeah. 21. I know. When he was on the world junior team, he was the youngest player on the team. Then he made it the next year. He was the youngest player on the team. Yeah. Everywhere he's been, he's been so young and he's finally starting to grow into his body. He's 225 pounds now. Yeah. Um, they're really encouraged by him this year. And keep an eye, if you're watching the game tonight, um, keep an eye on him. His yeah. first game in Toronto, um, you know, he, he's buzzing. not, but he wasn't able to play in the previous trips out. Uh, he's got about 50 family here today <laughs> and playing at home. I used, when I used to go to Vancouver, it was just like, there was an extra little charge. And uh, no, for sure. I think, I think Byfield will be zapped up tonight. He'll be excited. All right, buddy. Looking forward to it. Have a good call tonight. Uh, enjoy yeah. the rest of your day. And, uh, Obviously, we'll reconnect in episode 12 coming up later this week. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And again, uh, our deepest uh, sympathies to Adam Johnson and his family. Here, here. And uh, thank you to our sponsors who continue to support Ray and Dregs and make the podcast possible. Our title sponsor, Canadian Club Whiskey and <clears throat> Tim Hortons. Until next time, stay safe, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>